Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Really special episode today. We're going to do a two-round NFL mock draft with three of the smartest guys and myself in the industry. We have uh, Brett Whitefield. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brett. He's an analyst, writer, and media correspondent over there at Pro Football Focus. We have Danny Kelly. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny B. Kelly. He's a staff writer for The Ringer. And you can follow third guest at J. Reed Draft Scout, J.R., Listen, man, that guy's everywhere right now. You can find him on Climb the Pocket. He just released a draft guy, one of the smartest guys out there. So just to give a quick background, we've already made these 64 selections, so we can kind of go through a little bit quicker. I'm going to announce who's on the clock, and they're going to say why they took the player and you know what the fit is. And keep in mind, this is what we would do mixed with realism. So I don't think any of us have a first-round grade on Josh Allen, but he went in the first round of this mock. You can, you'll can obviously have to wait to find out where he went. But we tried to have some sense of realism with the pick as well so with with that being said jr you're on the clock with the first overall pick with the cleveland browns yeah so there's a lot of different ways that they could go with this pick but obviously everyone knows that they're taking a quarterback here and i went with sam Darnold. i think it's a great pick uh he's not the top quarterback on my board but you know we're saying this is what we probably think will happen and i just think Darnold is a great fit for them you can get him to sit behind Tyrod Taylor. We already know that he's the entrenched starter there for a handful of games. So I decided to go Sam Darnold right here. I think that's where I'm expecting the Browns to go. I think that's where about 85 to 90% of people are expecting the Browns to go. The place that no one really has any idea what's going to happen is number two with the New York Giants. So Danny, you're on the clock with the New York Giants. Yeah, so I went with quarterback here. Obviously, there's some speculation that it could be either trade back or, or take a running back, a guard or whatever. I just went with the sort of obvious choice here, Josh Rosen. Give gives the Giants a chance to develop him if they want for a couple of years behind Eli, maybe at least one year. You know, learn from a pro, kind of learn learn the game, and basically just uh, it, it seems like a good setup for them. So I don't see why they wouldn't do this. Obviously, <clears throat> Eli's getting up there in age, and you know you could argue he's not necessarily as effective as he used to be. So uh, I think it's just kind of a no brainer. Get the QB of the QB of the future for them. It's number two. They're not going to be in the number two spot probably very often, and a really strong quarterback draft. So yeah, it just doesn't make any sense for them anywhere other than quarterback. Do you guys think that the Giants are going to actually take a quarterback? Do you think they're going to trade, or do you think it's going to be Saquon Barkley? Oh man. That's a good question. I think they're going to take a quarterback. So do I. I feel like they can't. They they have to, right? Right. <laughs> JR, talk to me here. What do you think the Giants are going to do here? I'm starting to feel like it's Saquon, honestly, because yeah. we're starting to see Dave Gettleman come out and say, oh, it's a myth that the running back has been devalued, and if a guy is the best player on your board, go ahead and take him, no matter what the position is. So I'm starting to get a feeling that it might be Saquon, but I think it would be a big mistake, especially having a high pick. You need to take a quarterback right here with Eli Manning being 37 years old. Yeah, I agree with that, JR. I think um, best case scenario for them is they're probably trying to trade back a little bit. But if they don't, I, th- I think JR is right. And that Gettleman is, uh, you know, perfectly comfortable going with Barkley there. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. going to be crazy. It is. And you're going to see Giants fans really happy and really angry. And people are losing <laughs> their mind because... Saquon Barkley took a picture in New York Giants hoodie two weeks ago, and now everyone is convinced that he's already been told he's the second overall pick. So I'm on the board with the third overall pick. If you don't know who I'm taking, you've never paid attention to a word I've said in my life. I have the Baker Mayfield headband on right now. It The hype just keeps growing that this is going to be the actual pick. I, I don't really know what more to say, so I'm just going to throw it right back to JR, who's on the clock with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so they could go Saquon Barkley right here, but I think the value of having Two guys at a premium position and Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett, I think that outweighs taking a running back right here and just pairing those two guys and having them on affordable deals for the future would be a great idea. I love this. I would love to see this so much. I think that would be 
just freaking awesome for their defensive line. They're, I mean, they're stacking some talent on that defense, so getting Chubb on there would be, I think, really big for them. Did you consider a trade down? I did. Uh, I mean, maybe a team like the Buffalo Bills could come up for a quarterback. If a guy keeps slipping like a Josh Rosen or a Josh Allen, maybe they could come up. But I just think getting Bradley Chubb and pairing him with Miles Garrett, I think that outweighs collecting picks here. Uh, for the listeners who are not aware, Jr. is a little bit like David Gettleman uh, in terms of trying to <laughs> trade with. He he was he, he was a he was a tough nut to crack if you wanted to come up in the draft. Oh, sorry, Brett, you are now up on the clock with your uh, with the Denver Broncos for the fifth overall pick in the draft. Yeah, so at five, I just thought there was there was no way that they could pass on arguably the best guy in the draft. You know, when you're picking that high, it's you see teams ignore needs for for top end talent all the time, um, and guard actually is a need for them, so it works out really well. So I go Quentin Nelson. He's pretty much a freak. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with this. Um, I you know you pencil him in for ten years is the old adage. So, um, but yeah, he just you know he gave up five pressures in 2017. On the whole year in pass protection, it's ridiculous. It's going to help that offense a lot. Quentin Nelson is so good that e- even draft Twitter has just accepted that he's good. Like that's <laughs> that should tell you how good someone is. I'm back on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts with the sixth pick in the draft. Now I got yelled at by some on Twitter for this one because I tweeted out the draft saying that I need to get offensive line help here. But with Quentin Nelson off the board, I took the safety out of Florida State and Derwin James. I think he's an absolute beast. I think you can play him in the slot. He can play some linebacker, strong safety. You can kind of move him all around. And an absolute weapon in today's NFL. And I think he complements Malik Hooker perfectly. So it might not necessarily be a need. I know they have gathers. I don't really care. I just think Derwin James and Malik Hooker creates a dynamic safety tandem for the Indianapolis Colts. Doing mock drafts, I've been really hyper-focused on needs for every team. But, like, Teams don't always draft based on need, right? Like sometimes teams just double down on what they're good at. And so, yeah, I kind of like that. I like that pick. I'm all for best player available over need any day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I listen, I love Derwin James. I think he's as, as talented as Jamal Adams of, from the class last year. And you know, I, I think the Colts just need talent in the building. So they have a lot of second round picks and they, they can continue to add more pieces. But now, with the seventh pick, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. Danny, uh, I, th- I know you ran the card up a little prematurely <laughs> on this one, but you know what? We're, we're going to give you a second chance. I didn't I, – it was like I was so surprised that – or I was just assuming, I think, that Barkley wouldn't be on the board this late. So I was like, wow, oh, holy crap, I got to go back to Barkley. So, yeah, I went with Barkley. Yeah, we've talked Barkley to death at this point. He's just really, really good. You know, he's, he's going to help them in the passing game too. Now, the Buccaneers have obviously invested a lot on the offense, and we kind of have to see something happen from that this year, I think, a little bit more. But – I mean, they with Barkley in the mix now with with everybody they have. Obviously, they've got Sean Jackson, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, and Cameron Braid at tight end. I mean, they've got some really good guys, you know, on the offense. And so, I think this just makes them even more dangerous. gives gives Jameis Winston another option in not only you know as a runner, but in the passing game. So, I just think it's uh, it's something they have to do to kind of keep pace in, in the division because that division is kind of in an arms race right now. I think this is his floor. I think he's going to go anywhere between two and seven. And I think this is his yeah. ideal landing spot from both an NFL perspective and a fantasy perspective. I mean, Peyton Barber is their number one running back right now. They need they need a running back. And what Barkley could do for that offense, it would, it would just be a nightmare to try to match up against. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
So yeah, Brett, this, is, this is my favorite spot for him too. Sorry. No, no, no problem. I mean, anyone that wants to say good things about Saquon Barkley, I'm, I'm here for it with the way Twitter has been acting. But uh, Brett, you're back on the clock with the Chicago Bears and the eighth overall pick. And I think you got a surprise pick for some people. I, I, it's not a surprise to me, but kind of why don't you explain who it is and what the thought process was? Yeah, so I went with Harold Landry, edge defender. Nice. You know, the Bears defense took a lot of strides last year. But where they really struggled was getting pressure on the quarterback and getting pressure quickly. They ranked 31st in the league in time to pressure. So quarterbacks just had all day back there. I think Harold Landry's 2016 tape is probably – it could be the best tape I've seen in this class. You I'm absolutely in love with you it. You could say it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's my favorite tape in this class, and I, I think he's – if we were talking about him last year at the same time, I, th- I think he's in the conversation with Miles Garrett as being that good. He had a, a nice setback this year, and that's kind of why people are a little bit lower on him now. But I, I think it's a great pick for them. It kind of rounds out that defense really nicely, giving them an elite pass rusher to go with uh, some other pieces they have. The really interesting thing is with three quarterbacks starting the draft off and potentially in the actual NFL draft four, you're going to start to see some of these really talented players fall to this you know, 7-10 to 10 range. So, JR, you're back on the clock with the 49ers and the ninth overall pick. Yeah, so I really like, <clears throat> excuse me, I really like this pick, and I went with Denzel Ward from the 49ers. Now, we were wishing that Harold Landry had slipped probably one more spot because I think that would have been a great pick for the 49ers here. But adding a guy like Denzel Ward in the mix with Richard Sherman and Akilah Weatherspoon, who was a third-round pick from a year ago, I think now you're starting to build a very strong secondary. I love that pick. I think Ward's close to Lattimore last year. I think he's a legitimately locked down corner. And when, you, when you're when you the 49ers, you're really preparing to compete against the Rams year in and year out. And they've put they've invested a ton in receivers, so you need to invest a ton in corners. Totally agree. So, Brett, you're back on the clock. It feels like you have all the picks, but uh, you're, you're on the clock with the Oakland <laughs> Raiders, 10th uh, overall pick. Yeah, so this was the first pick in the draft where it just seemed like the need met the value almost perfectly um, for me. And Roquan Smith was my pick here. Um, he's pretty much elite all across the board. The Raiders, I know Gruden's trying to take the Raiders back to the 1980s, but uh, they desperately <laughs> need uh, a linebacker that can cover. And obviously, Smith is pretty much the consensus. A, f- a few people have him as the number two linebacker, but um, I think he's got the traits to be an elite coverage defender. He graded so last year in college, putting up a 90.6 coverage grade. I think it's a great pick for them. JR, I think you got, I gave you the most difficult pick in the entire draft with the 11th overall pick in the Miami Dolphins. I know I have zero idea what they're going to do because I look at that roster and I think it's it's a black hole. There's not much yeah. there to like. Where'd you go with this pick and why'd you go in that direction? Yeah, so this is without a doubt the hardest team to project in the entire first round, in my opinion. There's a lot of different ways that they could go with this pick. They could trade up for a quarterback with Ryan Tannehill getting up there in age, coming off an ACL injury and having zero guaranteed money left on his deal. But I think they need to get an upgrade in speed in their linebacking core. And I went with Tremaine Edmonds right here. One thing I really like about this pick is Edmonds is a ceiling player right i mean he's 19 years old right now and he could really develop into someone spectacular and i think you saw that throughout the course of the season and the dolphins aren't going anywhere anytime soon so they can kind of live with some of that progression and allow him to kind of learn on the job and if they lose a couple extra games because of it i don't think it's really going to hurt them all that much yeah i'm right there with you and i just think Edmonds will be a really good pick for them and you talk about a team that did clean house this year and what better way to find a face for their defense and Edmonds that can continue to grow as he gets older. So Danny's on the clock with the 12th overall pick. 
all of Twitter now thinks Danny's an idiot after this pick. I'm guessing. So Danny, I, I, you know, we we set you up beautifully. Uh, where are you going here? Yeah, let's let's be clear here. There was a uh, there was a mandate to uh, try to try and keep it what you think might actually happen. Also, I mean, man, it's hard to figure out what the Bills really want at quarterback. Obviously, they they shipped Tyrod Taylor out. You know, Nathan Peterman got the start last year, so it seems as though, and obviously they signed AJ McCarron. It kind of feels like they want sort of a a, a bigger pocket passer style guy, like a guy who's going to sit in the pocket and pass, and that's just what they're looking for. Who knows really what they want. Obviously, I, I considered Lamar Jackson here. You know, if I'm a Bills fan, I probably want or definitely want Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. So it was kind of to me, this was just going with what I think could happen and just trying to figure out, like, read the tea leaves about what the Bills want. <clears throat> they obviously traded up. I think if Josh Allen is here at number 12, there's a legitimate chance they could take him here. So that was what I went with. This isn't what, this isn't what I would do necessarily, but. Um, they definitely need a quarterback, and um, just physically speaking, he's built He's built like the kind of quarterback you want in, in Buffalo, so I guess maybe that's why I went with that one. I think it's also important to note that you didn't trade up for Josh Allen, which the Bills seem to be desperately preparing to do, <laughs> right. so you get points for that. I <laughs> Thank heard you. Ama- You're welcome, Bills fans. <laughs> I heard an amazing comp that he's, he's Ryan Howard from The Office, where basically he, he keeps getting moved up. And people love him, and they talk about he's a wonderkin, but no one actually knows what he's good at. <laughs> so I, I keep saying that because I think that's hilarious. But uh, I'm back on the clock, 13th overall pick with the Washington Redskins. I think this is a perfect fit in Minka Fitzpatrick. I know some people are higher on Minka than I am. I basically just don't think he's a top 10 pick in the draft. But I do think he can be a great slot corner. You can, can try him out at boundary if you'd like. The Redskins just traded fuller they have a huge hole in the slot area they need a safety uh they, they need kind of a a face of the franchise on defense too and i think Mika can do all of those things i love that pick i think that's perfect jr you're back on the clock at the 14th pick in the draft and this player is exciting to me to to watch play football T- tell me about who the packers took and why they took him yeah so the dream pick for them would have been Mika fitzpatrick but obviously he went one pick prior to to the redskins so I still needed to find a guy to upgrade in the Packers secondary, and I went with Jair Alexander. I think this would be a great pick for them. They need somebody opposite of Kevin King. They need a young piece opposite of Kevin King. They are, I think they have a decent secondary uh, with Josh Jones, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, and King, as I mentioned before. And then adding Jair Alexander in the fold now would be really good, especially in the division now that has some, you know, some top tier quarterbacks and Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins now in the fold now. So I think they need to upgrade their secondary. And I think Alexander will be a really good pick here. If anyone doesn't know, JR is a diehard Vikings fan. And he just showed you how he is not biased by starting, not starting that (laughs) off with how great Kirk Cousins and that Vikings offense could be. And the Packers (laughs) need to match up with it. I I love that pick. Alexander, man, does he, he runs his mouth so much. He has got that confidence, that, that chirping, whatever you want to call it as a cornerback. And I think he's, he's going to be a fantastic player danny you're back up with the cardinals and you know you lost draft twitter but with the last pick but we gave you an opportunity <laughs> to get him back yeah i mean obviously the cardinals uh they need they need a quarterback sam bradford is not going to be around forever i think he's on like a one-year deal with a team option for a second year and and this pick is is partly with this year in mind because you can't really count on on bradford staying healthy anyway so I really like Lamar Jackson to this team. I think, you know, obviously if Arians was still there, it'd probably even be a stronger feeling for me. But I, I bet that Kime probably shares some philosophical things w- with Arians. I think they, they want to be aggressive. They want to go downfield. I think they're, they're willing to be, you know, just more creative with how they use him. If they want to they build a package around his ability to run, I think they, they'd be a type of team who would do that. 
obviously Wilkes is kind of the, the wild card. Don't really know exactly what he wants or what how he wants to do it, but based on where he's from, you know, Carolina, he had a lot of success with a guy who could who could beat you with his legs too. And I think that's exactly what you know Jackson can do. And so obviously he he can throw from the pocket, and I I think that he'll need a little bit of refinement, but his ability to be with his beat you with his legs is like insane. So I just love it. I, I as a, as a Seahawks fan, it would make <laughs> me sad to see Lamar Jackson go to the Cardinals. So, but I think it would be a good fit for him. I love this pick. I think just pairing Lamar Jackson with David Johnson, I think that could give teams nightmares. Yeah, yeah totally. Brett, do you have any thoughts on Lamar Jackson in this pick? I think it's a great spot for him. Been, you know, one of the more critical guys of Lamar, I think, on draft Twitter. But, you know, given with Bradford being there, I think it's great that it, it will give him an opportunity to – he doesn't necessarily have to play right away. And he might very well win that job from day one, but uh, he doesn't have to. There's no pressure there. So I think it's actually a great spot for him. I'm back on the clock with a 16th pick in the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are competing with the Cowboys for how pedestrian their wide receiving core can be. <laughs> I'm going to – give him Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver out of SMU. I'm a big Sutton guy. I think that he needs some refinement to his game, but the ceiling is there. He reminds me of Brandon Marshall, six foot four, explosive receiver, really explodes out of his cuts, the artist after catch, struggles some with the press, struggles some with his attitude, and that needs to be adjusted uh, in terms of his frustration. Frustration will take him out of plays, but I think there's a lot to like and the ceiling is there, and he can get vertical, and with Joe Flacco, that's a huge aspect of the game and again the Ravens just need offensive playmakers so I think it was really important to grab uh one there why do you uh why do you like him over Ridley just curious because I know that right now the kind of consensus is Ridley probably be the first one to come off but I have him and Ridley basically 1a and 1b I threw something to the Ravens because I think his ceiling is higher than Ridley and Mm -hmm. if I I guess because I have him slightly ranked ahead of Ridley just barely that that's uh, this is what I would do I could probably see Newsom with his history of drafting Alabama players going Ridley over Sutton though oh right yeah that's interesting though I like that if I could add to that too I think Flacco's you know better suited to throw to guys that you know might thrive in contested catch situations I think Ridley you know he's, he's more of a route runner so you know Flacco has trouble hitting the bucket sometimes and um, you know, he's a stick thrower, and I think Sutton will, will thrive in that role a little bit more than Ridley would, actually. Yeah, that's a really good point in terms of Ridley's game is not contested catches, and Joe Flacco's not very good and throws into a lot of trouble situations at times, so Sutton can bail him out there. Uh, Brett, you are back on the clock with the 17th pick, and I know you're excited about this one. <laughs> I am. So uh, Maurice Hurst, my favorite player in this draft, <laughs> he was there at 17. If this was a mock purely based on what I would do, he would be gone within the top five. Thank God right. it wasn't that so i got him here at 17 for the chargers um you know pairing him with ingram and bosa is just is it's going to be ridiculous um they already you know ranked first in the league in time to pressure um per drop back so you know that's just going to get even wow. better um they're they're one deficiency big deficiency on defense is just no interior pass rush so i think that fixes that they have they obviously have bigger needs but i just couldn't pass on the player here for uh for the chargers do you have a pro comp for Hurst? I, I actually don't. I think he's kind of his, his own his own guy, but um, you know, he reminds me of a blend of Gerald McCoy and Geno Atkins. Yeah, I was gonna say Geno. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we have our first trade in the draft. Uh, Danny Ooh. really kinda <laughs> held me over the coals here. I was I'm, <laughs> I tried to come up and he was rejecting offers and he made me kind of pay a, a huge premium. But Danny, why'd you why were you willing to move back all the way to twenty nine uh, with the Jaguars? So I think that the Seahawks right now, they're sitting at 18. They don't have a second or third round pick. And it's really just not in their DNA to to 
not pick in those rounds. I mean, if you look back at John Schneider's history, he's always picked like eight, nine or 10 times in every draft. And I mean, the last time they used their native first round pick was like five years ago. So they're always looking to move back. I think that they'll do it again this year, unless something crazy happens, like maybe Derwin falls to that spot or something. I could, I could see them considering it wanted to move back it was a big move back obviously with the jaguars and i didn't i needed to get a second rounder so that, that was the kind of thing i didn't i don't think the seahawks will move back that far without getting a second rounder so the jaguars i think are one of the teams in the nfl that are pretty loaded everywhere except quarterback uh, i did not i didn't think there was a quarterback worth trading up for but i believe sometimes that building on a strength and the strength they've really tried to build on is the offensive line i think the only hole in their offensive line is right guard and obviously win is a left guard but i think he can make that transition i think he's a top 10 talent in the draft and you know a, a mauler in the run game i think he's great in pass protection and i think you could kind of if you're going to go all in on fournette kind of give him as many good blockers as you can up front and now the jaguars might have the best interior offensive line in the league after this pick so i paid the premium i i went up because i i thought that the depth of this team was pretty good and you know now they can go all in on that run game i love the idea of doubling down on strengths i mean i think we already just talked about that a little bit but uh i just think you know the the jags want to be centered around their offensive line their run game and, and their ability to play uh you know pass on play action and so the idea of just doubling down and continuing to invest in a position that is crucial to your identity yeah i think that makes a ton of sense so i like that I yeah, like it's, a, it's a culture move, man. It's a, uh, you know, they they're nasty. They're nasty on D. They want to be nasty on offense. So they're going to keep building that nasty front, and they're going to smash you with the ball. Absolutely. And then an interior of Linder, Norwell, and Wynn would be disgustingly oh good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, I just gave up a lot for a guard, and I didn't get yelled at. So I, I'm happy right now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm actually back on the clock with the 19th overall pick. This is not who they're going to pick. This is before they released Des Bryant after right after they signed Alan Hearns, and obviously Bryant got released. But between the time we set this up and record the podcast. I actually asked John Owning at this point who would he want in this situation because he's a diehard Cowboys fan. He said Vita Vea. They have a need at the interior defensive line. With Vea and Gregory coming back and, and Lawrence, I think they could really build a really good defensive line. I think Vea is a not just a run stuffer, but he's got a great hunt move and could be a dominant pass rusher as well. So I, I really like this pick for the Cowboys. They're probably going to go receiver, but the, you know there's multiple rounds and they can always get one next round as well. I think Via could be a sub package guy. Like he, they can play him kind of all over the line. You know, he's not like an, he's not a run plugger. You know, I think he can play the run, but I think it, he has upside as a pass rusher. Washington played him at what zero one three and five. I mean, he yeah, moved they played him, around him kind of all over. And he's good. He's really good on stunts. Like it seemed they they were having him run stunts a lot, kind of run like these lateral looping uh, pass rush sets or whatever. And yeah, I mean he can move, man. So I, I like him a lot. I just think his his body type is rare in, in the way he can move. I agree. A freak athlete at his size. Brett, you are back on the clock with the New England Patriots on the twentieth overall pick. Yeah, we made a trade here. I was originally slated to pick with the Lions at twenty. And I do manage both teams, so if you guys want to <laughs> get mad about it, we can talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the as as a fan of the Lions, I realistically I think they they might try to move back. The Patriots have a ton of assets, and I think they realistically might try to move up. So I didn't think it was a foul on the Lions 
Giants traded the 20th pick for number 31 and number 63. So the value was set based on the trade that Elliott did. I think it's a good move. So with the 20th pick, the Patriots go ahead and they take Mike McGlinchey, the tackle. You know, that was, if you look at the roster, that was really the only pain point for them was that left tackle after Solder left for New York. And so I think them moving up to get the best tackle in the draft is is totally doable. Something I could see the Patriots doing. You know, it's like they'll never miss a beat. And what, ironically, you know, McGlinchey's comp is, is Nate Solder. Do you guys think he'll go this late? I think it's going to be really... He's going to no. be one player I'm going to be watching pretty closely in the first round, like how high he's going to go. Yeah, that's why I moved up because I didn't think uh, I didn't think he would be there. So yeah, I'm with you. Like I think the Raiders at ten, I think that might be yeah. a possibility on draft. Yeah, I could see that too. I've been regularly kind of seeing him mocked, and I've been mocking him mostly in the late teens and twenties. But I think it's not super far fetched that he'd go top ten or at least ten through like somewhere in that or in that early range. Well, the NFL values tackles, right? And tackles yeah. always get overdrafted. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say overdrafted, but they go higher than people expect. If he's the number one tackle, it's it's rare the number one tackle goes 20th overall. So, JR, you haven't picked in what feels like years. You're back on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals in the 21st overall pick. Yeah, so this is one of my favorite fits of the first round, and that's James Daniels, the center to the Bengals. I think they need a guy at center now with Russell Bodine now move moving on to the Bills. And you get a young guy that's just 20 years old. His best football is probably ahead of him. Needs to add a little bit of weight. But you talk about a guy that's an easy mover and a guy that can be the heart and soul of your offensive line for many years to come. This is one of the, another one you see consistently marked. Sense. Yeah, it just makes it makes sense. I Frank Ragno is the other guy you see. I, I think interior linemen for the Bengals makes so much sense in terms of what they need this year. And James Daniels' athletic ability at the center position is, is going to rival almost any center in the NFL from day one. I like when Dalton has protection, he can be pretty good. But when he obviously when he doesn't, that that's when things fall apart. But yeah, assuming it's not right. the playoffs or primetime football, if he has protection, he can be real good. <laughs> right, right. Let me ask you a question really quick. If if you if McGlinchey was still there, were you, would you go McGlinchey? Yeah, absolutely. I think he would be a good fit there for them. And, you know, they need tackle help. Abwehi and Jake Fisher, I don't think they can rely on them at this point as far as their future plans. And I think McGlinchey is a guy that they're very interested in as well. They met with him at the combine and they had a top 30 visit with him as well. Cool. So that, that that's why I moved up to 20 to take him because I figured you were going going for him at 21. So Isn't that a great feeling when you jump someone and that was the guy they were going to take <laughs> as opposed to you jump someone, you find out it wasn't, and then you could have gotten him a couple picks later anyway. But, Danny, you're back on the clock. Your quarterback can throw 80 yards on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he throwing to? In the wind, uphill. Um, <laughs> yes. I obviously, you know, short term. If Allen's not starting right away, that's fine. Um, but I think the Bills absolutely need more talent at at receiver. Um, <clears throat> obviously, right now, Kelvin Benjamin's kind of a question mark. Zay Jones, really up and down rookie year. I don't think you can necessarily depend on him being the guy. And so. I went with uh, Calvin Ridley. I think it'll be interesting to see where he plays in the pros, if he's an outside guy or slot guy or both or whatever. I think you can kind of move him around. I think what he offers is obviously, yeah, he's a little older, and I know that that's a concern. Um, he's just kind of refined in his technique. He's a he's a guy who can who can get open underneath and, and help his quarterback out, and I think you're going to need that. Now, again, it's like I'm not 
you know, I, it's hard for me to defend a pick that I didn't want to make, but I think you just got to get as many, you got to get as many guys for Josh Allen. So that was why I went with the Ridley. I just think they need a lot of talent on that receiver now. I mean, if you're going to go all in on your quarterback, you better get them weapons. That's my personal opinion is that once you get that quarterback, just basically do what the Bears did, right? Bring in coaches that might match your quarterback skill set. Bring in as many weapons from as possible. Try to have these young guys succeed. And the best way to have them succeed is give them guys to throw to and uh, have them yeah. be protected. And, you know, I think Ridley's a good pick there. I think uh, all three of us or all four of us here are, are big Calvin Ridley guys, despite the mediocre average, uh, athletic testing and, you know, some of the questions on his age. Brett, you are back on the clock with the 23rd overall pick and surprise the Patriots picked another white guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah i went with leighton vander Esch, the linebacker the patriots defense of the years has really really done well with two you know very good linebackers ever since they traded collins it seems like that's been a massive deficiency for them and they, they also really you know put a lot of emphasis on stopping the run whether you know that's still super valuable today is debatable but um you know i don't think there's anybody better at that than than vander Esch in this class so um, I, I love the pick here. He's number 18 on the PFF big board, and I'm getting him at 23. So it was another need met value for me. I really like the pick, and obviously I'm just joking, that, but it, that's like the joke on Twitter is that the, the Patriots <laughs> right. just collect white guys. Um, gritty, gritty white guys. Yeah, the, the Patriots are by far the grittiest team. I, I think Van Der Esch is a really good player, and I think one of the things I like about him is this was his first year starting, and you saw him improve as the season went along. And by the time he got to his Oregon game, again, uh, by the time he got to his Oregon game, I thought – it w- he was fantastic. Danny, you were back on the clock with the 24th overall pick uh, with the Carolina Panthers. This was a fun draft because I think in a lot of ways it confirmed a lot of the questions I had about certain players like where is McGlinchey going to go? And the other guy that I picked here is where is Marcus Davenport going to go? Is he going to be a top 15 pick just based on the way that teams tend to not overdraft necessarily, but really value edge rushers. And so I'll be surprised if he falls this far, frankly. But I think the Panthers make a lot of sense for Marcus Davenport for a number of reasons. One, I think he kind of fits their personality. Tough, big, physical guys on the defensive line. They, they tend to, to invest, obviously, heavy heavily in the defensive line. Their two main pass rusher guys right now are both pretty old, Mario Addison and, and Julius Peppers. And I think they need to get younger and, and you know fresher and more talented on, on the edge. And so... It just kind of made a lot of sense to go there. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think uh, Cam Newton's a little sad when this happens. He's like, can, can you guys please get me some help? Um, <laughs> That's true, yeah. But I, the, the Panthers have focused on the defensive end position for what feels like forever, so I think the landing spot makes a lot of sense. Brett, you're back up on the clock with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, first and foremost here, Danny stole my soul by taking Marcus Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was... From the moment this draft started, I was keying him for the Titans. I <laughs> contemplated moving up to get him. Thought I was in the clear. Thought the Panthers would maybe go guard or wide receiver. Lo and behold, Marcus Davenport goes. <laughs> so I felt a little rushed with this pick. Um, to be honest, this is my least favorite pick that I made in this whole mock. Um, in hindsight, I think he's a fine player. Rashawn Evans, linebacker, Alabama. I think he's a fine player, and he, he's even a good fit. But I think I just let need take control and. I reached for him here at this point. Um, there's better players still on the board. So, yeah, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. I have a really hard time dealing with the Titans in terms of doing mock drafts. Like, I just don't know where they're going to go. I, I, You know, the, the Evans thing makes sense to me because of Vrabel, obviously. You know, focus on linebackers and everything like that. But it's like I've seen offensive linemen go there, but they're pretty – they have a good offensive line. Obviously, they're coming up – some of the guys are coming up on contracts, but – 
I don't know. I, I just don't know where the Titans are going to go. So that, that's a hard one for me. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. But I think Evans is a really good pick right here. And I say that because they lost Avery Williamson to the Jets. So they have a big hole at Mike Linebacker. And I think a guy like Evans could step in and give that defense an identity along with Mike Vrabel. Listen, every time I put a Titans pick out on Twitter, all of Titans fans tell me I'm an idiot. So I'm probably the wrong one to – to. <laughs> but I, I like it. I think Rashawn Evans is a, a high – ceiling player that's got a pretty good floor uh, just freak athlete and you know he i think he can cover too and I, I think in today's nfl he can do a lot of things you look for and jr makes a great point that the jets took avery williamson away from them so you know i, I think there is a need there jr you're back on the clock with the 26th overall pick in the atlanta falcons yeah so i think they need to upgrade at the guard spot yes they did sign brandon fusco to be their right guard this offseason but if a guy like will hernandez is on the board i think they should take him here and I just think that's a fantastic fit. And just describing Will Hernandez, I love making this reference every time I get to say it. If I was a celebrity, if there was one prospect I would let be my bodyguard in this draft, it definitely would be Will Hernandez. <laughs> I'm a big Will Hernandez guy. I love it. Now, there's a player you pick later in the draft who is an actual bodyguard, and Nathan Shepard. So you would you would you would choose you would choose Will Hernandez to win fight against his, Nathan Shepard? This is philosophy right here. I did not know he was a bodyguard, but I still would choose I still would choose Will Hernandez just the way he just demolishes people on the field. I just love everything about his game. That fight would not that would that would be like UFC pay per view money if Nathan Shepard fought uh, Will Hernandez. That would be must see TV. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Shepard was actually Nate Burleson's bodyguard in Canada when he wasn't playing football, and Burleson's one of the guys that convinced him to go back and try again. So wow. just crazy story there. But Will Hernandez is an absolute mauler, probably the, one of the nastiest guys in the draft class. Uh, I'm on the clock with the 27th pick in the New Orleans Saints. They just added Cameron Meredith. You know, they didn't give him much money. The Bears decided not to match anyway, so we'll see how that knee is. Right now, this pick, all of Dynasty Twitter is yelling, who's who's tight end one now? And then I take DJ Moore here. Uh, I think Moore is a great athlete, very high-ceiling prospect. I think he does a lot of good things right away with yards after the catch. You can play him in the slot. You can play him outside. I think he compliments Michael Thomas really well. And this Saints team has got a two-year window to kind of really go all in. They've plugged a lot of holes on the defensive side of the ball. Tight end may have been a bigger need pick, but I think uh, Moore's fallen in the draft, and the Saints take advantage and get another playmaker for Drew Brees. Question for you. This, you made this pick before the Saints um, signed Cameron Meredith and re-signed Coleman. Would that have changed your mind at all? I don't care what Coleman does. I, <laughs> in terms of, like, I, I, I don't know why he plays much. Every time he gets the ball, I feel like he fumbles. But... <laughs> the Cameron Meredith thing might have changed it. Of course, I'm the guy that has two teams that, in the four days since we've done this, signed uh, <laughs> major changes at the wide receiver position. You yeah. think a week before the draft, rosters are kind of set, but I may, I may have gone tight end with the Cam Meredith thing. But you know, I, I think Meredith, Moore, Ginn, and obviously Michael Thomas. That that's those are a lot of guys that do a lot of things with a lot of speed for Drew Brees. On top of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram and a really good offensive line, that's an offense that would be really difficult to stop. Imagine him on like a like a tunnel screen with that offensive line. That would be a lot of fun to me. I think just like getting him out in space and letting him do his work. Or if you have him and Kamara both in the slot and you have a tunnel screen and the other side is a fake tunnel screen, how does the right. defense not just completely sell out on Kamara and all of a sudden DJ Moore is in the open field? I but, love that. So I think this is, again, strengthening our strength, and that's a big thing. Uh, that's a, something I'm a big fan of. Danny, you're back on the clock for the next two picks with the Steelers and then the 29th pick with the Seahawks after you traded with the Jaguars. 
Yeah, so I talked to you guys about this a little bit when we were when we were doing the draft. It, it, they're another team. The Steelers are another team that I have trouble with in terms of like, <laughs> you know, every pick um, I see made because I like to go and like read other mock drafts and see what people think about all different picks and everything. It's like it doesn't seem like the Steelers fans want anybody. I, it's hard for me to figure out who they want um, in the first round and you know who they think is a good fit. I do think. Even though the Steelers signed Derek uh, Morgan Burnett, I mean, um, they still need some help at the safety position long term. Um, I don't know if Sean Davis is necessarily going to, you know, be the guy for them necessarily long term. I think Ronnie Harrison gives them. This is the pick. This is the pick right here, Ronnie Harrison, Alabama. I think he is a versatile guy. Kind of gives them a player who can play both safety spots. In theory, he could come in and, and kind of even play like a sub package linebacker thing, which is exactly what they're going to need now that Shazier is not going to be playing this year. Um, so yeah, I think again, it's, it's really tough to see which direction the Steelers are going to go at number 28. I could even see them go running back and we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, I went with Ronnie Harrison just based on his versatility and, and the way they can plug him into their defense. Yeah. I think the, <clears throat> the position that's most mocked to the Steelers is linebacker. And with the four top ones yeah. off the board, you kind of get stuck there. Ronnie Harrison, I think, is very much worth the late first-round pick. And you're back on the clock with the Seahawks after uh, trading down, and you know you still get an opportunity to add an offensive lineman. Yeah, and so this is a guy I've actually seen being you know mocked to the Seahawks at 18. So I felt like this was a pretty good value getting Connor Williams at this spot. Um, the Seahawks' interior offensive line is still kind of in flux. They signed DJ Fluker in the offseason to a one. It was like, I guess, like a one year, basically minimum contract. And so we'll see if that works out. But he's definitely not something, you know, that they've really invested in. I think they still need help on the interior defensive line or offensive line. Um, and again, I've been I've been mocking offensive linemen to the Seahawks a lot just because I think even though they've invested in the position in the draft quite a bit, they still haven't obviously figured out. And and when they're able, it's kind of like the Bengals when they're able to protect Russell Wilson, he can pick people apart, but things tend to fall apart when there's instantaneous, uh, you know, penetration on the offensive line. And, and that's just been kind of the, the story of the Seahawks the last two years. And so, especially now with uh, Sue in LA with the Rams, like it's going to be scary. They need some help on the interior offensive line. I think, Connor Williams is the kind of guy who could probably come in and start right away at guard. Um, he can give them potential depth at tackle in terms of like he could be an emergency guy there, I think. And, but I kind of picked this with guard in mind. The 30th overall pick, the Vikings are on the clock. JR, this is your team, and you decided to trade back with me. Yeah, I decided to trade back here. I just think we need to find a way to recoup the pick that we lost from Sam Bradford, and we ended up getting a third-round pick here. So we're excited about that. Yeah, I, I paid a hefty price of 36 and 67 to move up to 30, but I thought that I'd be jumping two teams that'd be considering this player. And the Colts take Darius Geis. They passed on Saquon Barkley earlier, but now they get Geis and Derwin James, two of the better players in the draft, in my opinion. Geis is a physical downhill runner. I think he can develop into a three-down back, and the Colts have an opportunity for him to do that. So I, I really like this pick, and I wanted to jump the Lions and Eagles for him. Brett, you're now <laughs> on the clock with the 31st overall pick with the Detroit Lions. Uh, tell me about the guy you took. So I went with Frank Reg now, center from Arkansas. Um, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. I've got him as a top twenty player. You know, Ragnar is interesting because he, he, when you put on his film, you don't. He's he's not like a Hernandez type where he's completely mauling guys, but he just doesn't lose often. You know, he had 
a run block success rate of 94.6%, which, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Top at his position in the nation of, you know, every D1 team. So I, I just love the fit. He can play guard or center. The Lions, that was their big pain point last year was was interior on that offensive line. And I think he kind of, he solidifies that line. It's And it's fully built now with five guys that can all play. And I think it, it puts him in contention for having one of the best offensive lines in the league if they if they stay healthy. Uh, Danny, you have the last pick, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. That says sounds a little gross to say, but you know what? It is <laughs> it is the truth. So close out the first round here for us. Yeah. So the Eagles obviously stacked as a roster. It's hard to kind of figure out. You know, I think it's it, the thirty second pick is almost going to be luxury at any spot. It feels like. And so was looking at guys for that pick. He got picked a couple. of you know, picks early, obviously with them losing a couple of tight ends and free agency. Um, obviously they picked up Richard Rogers, but I think one of their strengths last year was just their ability to have so much vers- like versatility and variability in their personnel and stuff like that. And so I think the guy that I went with is Dallas Goddard tight end. You know, he's, he's kind of a guy who I think could develop into what's sort of rare these days and in, in a, a guy who can also block at the tight end position so they can line him up kind of all over. I think having him and Ertz on the field would make it really difficult to match up with that offense because they could run the ball pretty well with with uh, you know two guys that can block at tight end. And so I don't know. I just think he he matched up with Ertz would be kind of a fun combination because I think the Eagles could do a lot of stuff in in both the run game and the passing game. It just make it hard to match up with them. I agree. Ertz is actually my cop for Goddard, and you know they just lost Burton. They they used a lot of two tight end sets last year very effectively and they can allow Goddard to kind of develop slowly. So that's going to close out the first round guys. Thank you for tuning in to the draft daily mock draft. We're going to be back for another episode that you can check out with the round two of this mock draft. Thank you guys.